I can't see a thing that's changed But I sure as hell don't feel the same You're still young, don't get caught up in all the mistakes you haven't made everyone. Well, it might not be morning where you're listening, but for now, let's just say good day and welcome to Don't Look Down. Uh, we have an amazing guest today. I'm so excited. I've been so excited to interview her. She is an, uh, certified in eating psychology and mind-body nutrition. Alongside her CanFit Pro certifications, Kim supports women through her programs as a coach and also as a speaker. So today she's going to share with us lessons she's learned in her 30-year-long battle with uh, disordered eating, eating disorders, and her struggles with self-acceptance. All these occurred simultaneously alongside her 25-plus years in fitness. So she's going to teach the necessary steps to finding food freedom, joyful movement, and self-acceptance, and the importance of slowing down life to live a more fulfilling one. Welcome, Kim Bassler. Thanks for being yes. here. Thank you so much, Sheila. I'm so happy to be here with you. This is going to be a great conversation. So um, as I normally do when I have uh, a guest coming on the show is we have a conversation ahead of time to connect and get to know each other and discuss what might be some of the most important um, things that we want to address in this conversation. And I was really delighted to discover while we were talking that we have a lot of things in common. Um, we have both been leaders in the fitness industry since we were in our late teens, and we rose through the ranks as fitness professionals for three decades now. Although in many ways we found and followed our passion, our chosen path took its toll on both of us. Um, and you're here today to talk about how you found your way back from the emptiness and the deep exhaustion that your career left you with. So I'm gonna start with this. Like many of us in the late 80s, early 90s, not to date us or age us, <laughs> um, you found your way into this career uh, quite by chance. And so I'd like you to just maybe start by telling us how that happened and what the early days of your career looked like. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know what, as you said, it was, it wasn't like I sought out to be a group fitness instructor. I actually joined a gym when I was 14 years old and, and that was just like that next stage of me trying to change my body because uh, I had already been dieting since I was 12. And so I got into group fitness with that pursuit in mind. Of course, I went to a ton of classes and uh, somebody, um, and one of the women that I loved going to her classes, she was the group fitness manager, I guess was what they would have called it. And she said, have you ever thought of becoming an instructor? And, um, you know, at that point, I would never have seen myself in a leadership role, but I guess she saw something in me, like you and I talked about, she saw something in me and uh, I decided to do it. And as soon as I turned 16 years old, I became an instructor. And of course, we know way back then, I mean, life has changed so much in instructing. Uh, but, you know, in those early days, I, um, I was like literally just sort of finding my way on that stage. And I mean, it's so long ago, right? 
right, Sheila? Like I'm 45 now, so that was like 16 years old. Um, but in those early days, you know, I I was just doing something that I enjoyed doing, and it was like, well, I'm exercising, and I'm, you know, want to be doing that. So it made sense to me at the time. But it's where the journey took me. Uh, I think when you're when you're young and vulnerable still and trying to figure out who you are because as I've said to you I'm not sure if I ever really knew who I was my entire life um, but I kind of shaped who I was based on what was said to me who followed me what I was you know it's like you get fed your ego gets fed right on how you look or how strong you are or how great your classes are and then you sort of just take on this role and you know I was that high school student I you know I wore my kilt and it was like I was I was never a sports person but I was definitely into helping people and inspiring people so that was in me from a young age that teacher in me it's just that between my own insecurities what I was chasing you know in terms of what I was looking at in terms of what I was supposed to look like and then the industry itself um, that's what you know kind of swallowed me up and made me feel that much more lost and you know you don't know it in the earlier stages but then of course as you get older and your responsibilities um you have to become an adult um and all of the responsibilities that you have that you want to do really well at being a mother being a, a in a leadership role in fitness but then also still having these expectations of yourself and what you are trying to keep your body looking like and being like that's where it it got to be too much for me, um, which I'm sure we'll get into. But, um, you know, it's, if I, I could, as you know, I've talked about like writing a book of everything, you know, I, I remember fond memories though. I remember my spending, I don't know what I paid 60 or $70 for this tie dye, um, <laughs> thong bodysuit. Like it was like the bomb. I remembered it so clearly. Right. I was like dropping so much money down, but these are some of the memories and, and the color and the leg warmers and the memories of the people. Like there's so much good. Uh, I, I love in this industry. It's just that there's the other parts of it too, that, um, can, can be harmful to many of us. Totally. So perfect segue into the next question. When did you realize that you were developing an unhealthy attitude towards exercise and food and your body image? When did that start to affect you? Uh, well, I mean, I think it started affecting me a lot earlier than what I'll realize. Um, but I think it's when my expectations and as I alluded to, like where I was being a mother and my kids were getting older and and all of the, the things I was trying, the long hours, and it's like, our, we're only capable of doing so much, right? We're, we're human, but I think I thought I was superhuman, and I, I never knew how to rest, and I was always chasing and pushing, and my whole struggles with my body and, and, and you know, how I felt about myself to, to really highlight like my most pivotal time was when, you know, in 2016 is where my health really started to deteriorate. And it wasn't just my physical body. My physical body was developing hives and my body had chest pains and I couldn't sleep anymore. So that's from a physical body, but it was my mental and my emotional state that also started to truly be impacted. Uh, I saw myself really slipping away from having fun in life and finding joy in life, being able to laugh 
like I was losing all of those abilities. And um, I'll, I felt like I was, I remember sitting in a, in a meeting with other group fitness managers. I remember this moment so clearly. And we were talking about time management and we were all sitting around a boardroom table. And I remember saying, asking, how do you guys do it all? And I remember fighting back tears as I said it. And they're like, well, you know, and then of course they explained it, but it's because there was so, so much I was trying to pursue in my life and chase and push. And my body was falling. Like my body was like, I can't do this anymore. But yet my mind wanted to keep doing it because I thought I was supposed to have to do it. And that's where I started to know because that's where my mental health started slipping. And, um, you know, it goes on from there, but it was the deterioration of my physical body, my emotional, mental health. And then of course, how that rippled then into my marriage, you know, cause that was slipping away from me. Um, my ability to have good relationships with my kids, it was all kind of part and parcel. Um, and that's, you know, I don't know if you want me to get into it, but that's where it got to that pivotal point where I had to make that decision. Um, that was best for me, even though I had no freaking clue what I was going to do, but I just knew that I was in deep and I needed to, um, I needed to save myself from that. Yeah. Wow. I can relate to so much of that. I mean, I don't think there's a fitness professional out there that hasn't experienced, you know, classic burnout, but this was like, it can, it can go so far beyond that. Like often, you know, we would know that we were approaching burnout and eventually as we got older we got wiser and we knew to take the time of rest so it wouldn't happen um but it's when it happens and you keep pushing through it and then you know there's more detrimental um effects to that and i can totally relate to that completely um so how did your opinion so going back maybe before you had this moment of realization that something had to change, how did your opinion of yourself and your own um, issues with body image and relationship with food, how did that affect how you worked with your clients? I almost, I felt um, almost like a hypocrite too, because, you know, it's like I was telling them everything that I knew I was supposed to say. Like I was the person that, uh, was telling them to be appreciative of their journey and their body strong and look what your body can do for you. But then I also remember, you know, sitting in consultation rooms with, as because I was a personal trainer too, and sitting with food labels from packaging and analyzing things and telling people just stay away from this and stay away from that. And I remember too, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I remember somebody coming in for a consultation and she didn't really know why she wanted to work with me, but she just wanted to work on her health. And I placed on her the idea of weight loss. And, you know, whether that was a part of her journey, she didn't say it. And I think back to it, you know, like I put my stuff onto her because I saw health as size. I saw health as you know, are you fitting in with the norm? You know, you have body fat on your body. I can see abdominal fat on your body. You must want to lose weight. So, you know, that's how it impacted, you know, my clients. But even in my later years, you know, before I left and when I was teaching classes and when I was in leadership, I, they, those people were impacted by me too and in, affected by me because I was very distracted because I was this person on this hamster wheel running from point A to point B everywhere I went. Um, and there wasn't a single second 
second of time to waste. And, and I overscheduled myself. And so people saw the distracted Kim. But yeah, it was interesting because I was praised for that. You know, you know, the, this, you know, the badge of honor, right? How are you so, how do you do it all? You're so busy, but yet look at how great you look, like all of those accolades, um, you know, but they were impacted by me too, because I've had people share with me that I'm so much more present now when I talk with people and when I'm interacting and connecting with people, I'm listening because when you're focusing on all the things you have to do, or you have your own battle of your own thoughts in your own head, you can't connect with people the same way. So I believe I'm so much more present now and able to really see people for who they are um, versus how I used to be. Because it just wasn't possible. I didn't have the bandwidth in, in me to be able to give that to people. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm going to... Um... I'm going to take some of that burden off your shoulders because I think in what you feel you projected on that client, I think it was also a projection from the industry in general. Because back then especially, the, the industry was really around fitness for weight loss. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what society was educated in. Um, it's changing now. But uh, so I think that you had taken that on. We went into this as fitness professionals for the most part that fitness was for weight loss. And so that's what we, we were just programmed that way. So amazing for you to recognize that it, it was, it was on you, but it was on the industry as well, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I appreciate that a hundred percent. You know, we, we teach what we are told to teach, right? And we are we were told how to do it, right? It was calorie restriction and calories in versus calories out. And that was the model and that was the prescription and we followed through with it, right? So Yeah, completely. So then how do you how do you personally coach someone to replace the idea of exercise as punishment with something um, like punishment for something that you ate? with movement as a gift that you give your body, mind, and spirit. How do you help them translate out of something that is so ingrained in them, that exercise is punishment, um, and, and get them to think of it in a more positive way? That's a great question. You know, it really depends on the person, but if we take the classic person who is um, exhausted, burnt out, cortisol through the roof, um, and really hating having this tug of war with their body, I really, uh, really ask them to check in to see if what they're doing is providing them joy. Yeah, it might be keeping their body small, but do they enjoy what they're doing? And, you know, for the long term, and that's where I like to educate people, like, you can be doing all of the intense, high intense exercise and the HIIT training and whatever you're doing. But if your body is in a place of stress, it's going to keep working against you. And so whether that person is still looking to lose that little bit of weight loss around their abdomen, like I like to educate people on that because we think more is better and we think harder is better. And so often what our body needs is actually rest and restore. So I, my golden question that I always ask my, my clients and people that I interact with is if all forms of exercise burned the same amount of calories, what would you do for pleasure? What do you enjoy the most? And that's what is the answer. We want to move our bodies. You and I both know there are huge benefits, but it's when we have this um, expectation of what it's supposed to look like. So I get them doing those things um, or that one thing 
that helps them be in their body in a different way and be able to connect with how their body feels. Because when we're doing intense hit training and tuck jumps, unless you are like this person who's like driven for performance, um, you're not in your body at that point. You've like gone into another space and there's nothing better than being able to feel your body move, like physically feel it move and feel your breath and feel your blood and your oxygen feed your body. It's an incredible experience. And um, when we can realize what our bodies are doing for us, that's a gift. But when we are performing at a level that is beyond what our bodies are capable of doing seven days a week, we miss out on that. So um, sometimes the best prescription that I uh, have them do is, is sometimes nothing, believe it or not. If somebody is on, has been on a really long path of punishment for their body, I actually have them take a break and, and feel, you know, or unless it's walking or whatever, but in their mind, they're not exercising when they're walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, just getting them to check back in with themselves. And then that slowly starts to allow them to connect on a different level. And I mean, just on a side note here, you know, that's where I also educate my clients and the people that I get to speak to is, is this relationship with food and exercise that we are not needing to go and burn off the calories that we ate from the ice cream cone that we had on our cheat day, like all of this language but it's hard. Like that takes time because we've all been taught that that's what exercise is for. So it takes time, but uh, that's a little bit to (laughs) start that, that conversation and, and just building trust in them for sure. Yeah. I love, I love that question about, you know, yeah. If all exercise were equal, what would you choose? That's amazing. It's a good one. Um, So when we were talking before I had a real I see you, feel you moment. <laughs> um, when we were, so you made a decision to walk away from a full time. I mean, you're still doing fitness full time in some way, but you're moving more in your own direction. But to walk away from a full time fitness career, um, it was in that conversation that the word identity came up. And this has come up with a few of my guests actually in how we identify ourselves and what we identify with. So when you grow up in an industry like we did, it defines you, um, whether you want it to or not. But because we were so young, it just became part of our, our nurturing. So fitness isn't just about how you earn a living. It's something... It's, it's about how you eat, how you live, how you breathe. Um, we've discovered this as we've gotten older. So when you decide to move on, the question then becomes, if I'm no longer this, then who am I? And what am I? So what are your thoughts on how we develop our identity and how we can learn to detach from an image that for, for a lot of us might not be authentic anymore? I love this question and there's so much to it. Um, I think first of all, we have to realize where that identity has come from, you know, and, and why, and see, this is the thing we all know the ego wants to be stroked. The ego wants to be told that it's good. And so we latch onto all of these things. Um, but what we have to do to be able to find ourselves again, and trust me, I'm almost four years into this journey and I'm still finding myself and getting to know who I am, but just really checking in with how you feel energetically 
when you're doing the things you're doing, when you're having the conversations that you're having. That's how we get to know, you know, is this me or is this me putting on a mask to fit in with these people? There's a sense of self, the sense of uh, I am who I am. These are my strengths. These are my flaws. These are my imperfections. And really getting to know that and knowing down deep that we are whole. We were created with all of this in mind for a reason. And when you can have that deep knowing that there's nothing that I need to change about me and that the people that want to be around me will choose to stay in my circle and that you, the people that are not meant to be in my circle will choose to move on. There's that expression, and I'm not sure I'm going to quote it properly, but people come into our lives for a day, for a decade, for a season, like whatever that expression is and it's so true like my friendships have changed and I still have friends in the fitness industry but the thing about it is is I don't want to talk about uh, nutrition and exercise 24 hours a day which is what we used to do I have so many other things I want to talk about so this is how I've learned who I want to be surrounded by who I want to be so that when I lay my head down on my pillow at night I can know that I showed up in the world as myself and you know, of course, I'm, I catch myself, you know, trying to sometimes fit in because sometimes it feels you kind of just engage with conversations that aren't necessarily yours. But I can tell you 100% that I'm more myself than I ever have been in my entire life. And that is freedom. And that is a gift because it makes life so much easier. Mm -hmm. And what's most important is then you can actually, you can actually live with purpose. You can live with purpose each day and actually like own that heck out of that day and know that whoever crossed your path that you hopefully have given them something to make their lives better in some way. Um, I hope that answers your question, but you know, it's just checking in and, and always recognizing that it's absolutely okay to choose to set up boundaries in your life where you need to. I've had to do that with certain relationships in my life. Um, to ensure that I'm protecting my journey and my identity that I'm wanting to have and not be morphed into that older self that wasn't me. Boundaries are necessary. Hard conversations are necessary too because you have to start to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all possible and it feels damn good. <laughs> it feels mm-hmm. damn good. When you can, it's just light. I feel so much lighter in my body and in my mind most importantly. That's amazing. And you can you can see it. And I think it's also about forgiving ourselves at any point in our lives where we maybe did falsely identify with something, because I'm sure if we look back on our journeys, um, there are so many great things that came from that too. And I know I even, you know, educate my own children, like any movement in any way is better than no movement at all. Meaning that, you know, sometimes the wrong direction points you in a better direction or a different direction um, that you never would have found in the first place. Uh, I love the fact that I grew up in this career, as I'm sure that you do too. And I count my blessings every day for what it gave me. Um, But like you, I'm in a place where I'm ready to identify with something. I'm ready to identify with me, not just what I do and how you show up right? In, in your career. It's more than that. Yeah. Like we are not our career, but so many people take that title on and, mm-hmm. and that's who they are. We are so much more than that. It's just that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to develop those other parts of our character. It's true. 
It's very true. So we're gonna we're gonna move on to a fun part of the interview. This is my favorite part. This is where I get to throw some rapid fire questions at you and just um, get to know you a little bit um, on a on a more on a more fun level. Um, what is your favorite get up and dance song? You cannot sit still when it comes on. You know what? That's gonna be a, a tough one because <laughs> I'm not even gonna find a title in my head right now. Um, but I. <laughs> Because I have so many, I love, <laughs> love, love to dance, and that's the other part of it. Is as you become so freaking confident in yourself, you just move, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you know, any strong dance songs, anything with strong lyrics, um, you know, motivational lyrics uh, that are all about confidence and um, you know, owning who you are. I'm all over that type of stuff. That awesome. Me for sure. um, what's your favorite guilty pleasure? And I'm using the word guilty very um, playfully, not. I know. There's no guilt. <laughs> yeah. Guilty pleasure. Um, I actually have to say, and this is like, so it shows how much my journey is. I love laying down on my bed and reading my book and doing like nothing. Like, because that used to be guilt for me, right? Because yeah. it was like, stop resting. You have stuff to do. And I just love being able to go, I'm going to my bedroom for the night and I'm like needing to chill and I don't need to like tell anybody why I deserve this time. Like I know it. So that would be my guilty pleasure. I love that. That's amazing. Um, what piece of clothing makes you feel the most beautiful? Hmm. I would, I have this beautiful uh, flowing yellow dress that's full of flowers that I bought um, before I spoke at an event last year on body image and I love this dress it makes me feel beautiful in it um, it's sexy um, which I love I never used to see myself as sexy and I and I get it's you know open backed it shows skin but the color and the flowing of, of that that would be my favorite piece of clothing that I have right now I've seen you in that dress pictures of you <laughs> in that dress it's beautiful um, tell me one silly thing that you do that makes your family laugh. Well, it's probably, they, they laugh at all of my Facebook videos and my <laughs> selfies and all the things that I do. And then, of course, the odd time that I do my TikTok videos and my kids see my videos and they're like, good Lord, that's my mother, right? Like, they're embarrassed, <laughs> my kids, right? But I think like, I never used to be silly. That's the other thing, Sheila. Like my personality is changing. I used to not be that playful. I didn't grow up playful. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I'm learning, you know, how to just be free in my body. Um, and I would say that <laughs> my Facebook videos and my selfies and all those things. Would Good be. for you for venturing into TikTok land. Because... <laughs> it's slow. It's slow. But now, now we have to switch over to reels, right? I got to figure reels out now from the Instagram page, but... Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is one grooming practice that we do as women that you would gratefully never do again if you never had to? Well, you know what? <laughs> I was sugaring and I gave that up. Like I was going and doing my, my legs and like lying there. Ugh. And I mean, it was because I was sharing some services with somebody and then it was like you know what I don't want to do this anymore I mean so like I would all the body hair removal like come on <laughs> no I, 
I wouldn't want to walk around full of hair. That's not my choice. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm certainly not going to be going and doing all of that, you know, and I, and, but cause I still have my nails done. I like having my nails done, but I would say hair. <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling you might go there. I think most women would probably say, or there's less painful methods. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, okay. So in the, in the, uh, in the, what's the word I'm looking for? Process of being silly. We're going to end you on that question. Um, so, so, so excited to have you here. So let the audience know, um, where they can find you. We'll add it in the show notes and how they can reach out to you if they want to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and th I just want to say thank you again for this opportunity. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you too, because we, we've only recently got to know each other. So I appreciate this time. Um, my email is Kim at Kim And you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm a, my title is Kim Basler, Food Freedom and Mindset Coach. Instagram, Kim Basler underscore Food Freedom. And, uh, you know, really, ultimately, I'm very, very active on my social media. I'm fairly quick to, uh, to respond to people. So you can definitely message me in there if you have questions. Anybody that wants to know a little bit more about the work that I do, because I'm not only doing coaching one-on-one -on -one and also in group, but I've now also started my Empowered Movement community where I'm bringing my passion for fitness and movement and, and everything that I have from this industry and I'm then now bringing it in with my coaching to, to offer women in space. Because as you and I have said, like we, we do feel better in our bodies when we are moving them. And I really want to try and um, help women on that journey. So some good places to connect with me. Um, and I'd love to hear from anybody that uh, is looking uh, to just to chat. I'm always open to new relationships. Amazing. Well, anybody who works with you is one lucky lady. Thank you. Have a great class. I know you're going to teach a class now. So have a good time. And thank you for doing this again, Kim. You are so welcome. Thank you for what you're doing on this platform as well. I wish you, wish you nothing but success. Thanks so much. Have a good day. And you too. Stay tuned for great new episodes airing every second Thursday on SheilaCorneal.com.